Welcome to Change Your Record, a podcast where stories of everyday people will be shared to help you change your thinking, change your living, to change your record. Host Melinda Schuster, that's me, will discuss topics that will include parenting struggles, life's worries, and mental health breakdowns. We'll be practicing grace, working towards forgiveness, and embracing growth, all while figuring out the change to calm the chaos. The information provided in this podcast is not a replacement for medical or mental health advice. Always follow the advice of your medical or licensed mental health professional. Adult language and swear words may be used. They will not be bleeped out or covered up. With that, grab some earbuds. Listener discretion advised. In today's episode, we will be speaking with Jackie Roby, who is the Chief Excellence Officer at Inspire Journey Consulting, a Boston-based business dedicated to wellness, healing, and transformational tourism. She is a sales strategist and social media amplifier for healing and wellness travel businesses. Jackie is a diversity, equity, inclusion advocate, host of the podcast Through Inspired Eyes, and has over 19 years of experience in travel and hospitality sales. IJC helps clients craft sales and social media strategies to increase revenue. Clients appreciate the personalized support and learn the four-step process of selling with care. Through a message of hashtag travel can heal, IJC's vision is to create a world where marginalized people feel empowered to be their authentic selves, where traveling is a tool for inclusion, to enhance cultural wellness in the travel industry, and grow emotional intelligence, healing, and self-care for a kinder humanity. Your whole mindset on travel and healing, like, just let me absorb all you have to share, please. I'm so honored. It's it's crazy. I think one of the one of the things that I love about this journey that I'm on with podcasting is being able to network with people that are so much farther away and have this different mindset and to be able to tap into like how how your brain works and things that you do to help get you through each day and all of that goodness. And so I'm super, super excited about this. We're talking to Jackie Roby today. And you have started a podcast through Inspired Eyes that you are talking about how you utilize travel to heal. Exactly. All right. Well, let's dive into your story. Tell us kind of about what your journey has looked like, the point that you got to where you decided that things needed to change for you and how you've kind of maintained that change in your own journey of healing. Sure. So I grew up in New York. We moved to Colorado when I was 13. And then I moved to Boston on my own over 15 years ago. And what I didn't realize when I made this move was that I needed the space to heal. A couple of years into living in this city, I fell into a really deep depression. Now, it's possible it had been with me for quite some time but I was chasing it away by running around, avoiding, keeping my social calendar so busy that every weeknight I had something to do, 
weekends. I legit had breakfast, lunch, and dinner plans and into the late evening. I did not want to be alone with my thoughts. And finally, I was stopped. I had to stop. There was no choice anymore. And I fell so deeply. And while I was asking for help and I was seeing someone, I wasn't really taking the help as quickly as I needed to. I was listening, but I was a little disconnected. I had been advised to get on antidepressants. I didn't take them. And then it got so bad. I still think about those moments and I had anxiety, panic attacks. I mean, panic attacks that would just come on suddenly and stay. They would happen at work. They would happen when I was walking down the street. Huge amounts of paranoia and PTSD. And it was debilitating. I really, I functioned at work. Maybe you would never know if you didn't know what depression looks like. Yes. I kept a really good smile on, as you're supposed to. Yes. And I'm in sales, so that's what I would do. But I remember emails were difficult. Like sending one email was difficult. If I could send five a day, I felt successful and I was exhausted by it. That emotional energy to do small tasks is huge when you're that down and deep in the middle of the muddle. Exactly. And people, that's something that I learned and I never would have realized about depression is how it just makes everyday things hard. So that was the point where things needed to change. I hit what I would consider my rock bottom where I couldn't go a day or an hour without panic. And it was a Saturday morning. I was speaking to my mom who's in Colorado and she said, just say the word and I'll fly out there. And I thought, that's dramatic. I'm 27 years old. I'm okay. I live on my own. I moved to a city by myself. I don't need my mom here. I've got my job. I'm paying my bills. I'm eating every day. I've got it together. Actually, to be fair, I was not eating well every day. I could not pay my bills, but yet I still was not willing to ask for help. Gotcha. But then probably an hour after she offered, I called back because I couldn't function. I was trying to write a list of my positive thoughts, the opposites of the negatives that were going on in my head. That was a recommendation from my best friend's mom, who was a psychologist. So I thought that's really good advice, but I couldn't do it. And that's when I called. So my mom flew out to help me and ended up living with me for a month. God bless her. Yeah. So she cooked. So I had food. She Moms are pretty great. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was everything. I wasn't alone. I spent time with someone. She worked on making my place a home where it was really bare bones because I was between roommates. I was minimalist. I didn't need a lot of things. So I didn't put things up, buy new things. It just wasn't part of me. I was used to going out, but now I needed to be home. You had taken the taken, would you say maybe taken the dive into admitting that you really weren't okay and accepting that help and knowing that the social life and the disconnect and the denial was coming to an end 
Exactly. Exactly. So that was that big turning point of things have got to change. And it went from there. And then, you know, I I came out of that space. I was in a really great space. And a few years later, I met my now husband. And I was the happiest I'd ever been. I was so grateful. I was living in a different space. I had this dream job. Everything was going as it should be. And then he said to me, coming to your place is like going to a funeral. You're not... (gasps) happy wow yeah and I couldn't understand I thought I had all of this in order one of my sisters referred me to her her best friend and said I think you'll align really well with the things that she believes in and what she works on and so she recommended some great books to me uh, starting with Louise Hayes You Can Heal Your Life and I started to read and learn about choosing happiness and realize that my depression is much deeper than I had originally thought How hard was it to recognize that for yourself? It was devastating. I I have this, had this perception of myself that I am happy. I am the one that brings joy. And that honestly was something that was put upon me, I would say, in the role that I played in my family. I was the peacemaker, you know, my sisters fought all the time. So I, you know, was the one that was the glue. And we do, we kind of, we kind of maintain those childhood roles through life because that's where our identity lies. Exactly. Until it doesn't work anymore. Exactly. Or maybe it was working for others. It just was not working for you. Right. You know, figuring out how this serves me and no longer serves me. I mean, I took this smile and made it a career. I'm in sales. I smile and build relationships for a living. Yeah. And I find ironically that it can exhaust me and I didn't for a while because I pushed everything aside I just kept going but the more that I sat with myself and learned about myself and worked on my own healing I've determined what I need to fill my cup now all of this for timeline purposes in my own head Mm -hmm. at this point you're around 27 is that what you said 30 ish maybe as you're kind of going through this journey Mm -hmm. Um, I'm always very interested when or or how at at what age do people recognize that the lifestyle that they're living is not their true value of life Mm. and it seems it it seems to be pretty you know we live through our 20s on this high life of checking out the whole new world and then when the closer we do get to 30 and 40 it's kind of like wait a minute I've been doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing and all of this is appearing to work on the outside, but internally I got to do some work. Exactly. Exactly. I loved my twenties. I did. I had wild times and I wouldn't trade those. Correct. Me either. (laughs) Different than my teenage years. I wouldn't go back to high school ever again, but my twenties rocked. Yes. What other things did you start doing during that time? Did you enter into therapy? Did you do like, what, what did your healing journey look like at that point? Sure. So at that point, uh, so I actually started therapy when I was 26 okay. um, and stayed in it. I'm still in therapy. I love therapy. Therapy is good. Yes. Therapy is very good. I advocate for that all the time with my private practice. So 
Absolutely. <laughs> it's a gift. And your healing journey, it's yours. And it's called a journey for a reason because life changes and things come up. And maybe you need the support. Even if you have the tools, you still need the support. So at this time with my mom, a big part of it was getting my medication in order. I was in such panic all the time that, you know, even when she first got there, I refused to go take a day off of work. And as I was getting ready to get in the shower, or I was in the shower getting ready for work, I apparently had a panic attack that led me to pass out. So. Wow. Yeah, I fell in the shower. We had to go to the emergency room and I still didn't want to call in. I was so nervous. I was so scared. Was this pressure being put on by your employer or your supervisor or was this your own personal pressure of yourself and expectation? It was all inside of me, all inside of me, this fear, this terror, all these Years later, I can see that it's a fear of conditional love. You know, I'm not valuable if I don't A, B, and C. So, but then it was just fear. I'm going to lose my job. They're going to fire me. They're trying to find ways to fire me. Nobody was firing me. But (laughs) in my head, it was was terrifying. I, I... There was a whole different narrative that was supporting my own fear. And I started reading books on meditation at that point. So I was trying to teach myself meditation. And I did that for a bit. I was writing out affirmations daily. So, you know, whatever that positive opposite was, I'm loved and valuable maybe, right? I would write it 10 times a day for 30 days. Make sure that it becomes a habit, that it gets ingrained in my head. I would do things like that. And then, again, I got my medication sorted. So my mom stayed through till it balanced, basically, till I could get off of the stronger meds that were keeping the panic low and realize that the actual antidepressants now in their raised state were working the way they're supposed to. It's a very unique thing to be able to get your medication managed. There's a lot of trial and error because everybody's a little bit different and finding, like you said, that balance of what works for you, it just simply takes time. And when we're in those states of panic and depression, we don't feel like we have that time, you know? Exactly. What I also started to do was narrow my group my friends, my circle. I no longer wanted to spend time with people that I couldn't have a real conversation with. And that was a trusted few, you know, plus what I was going through felt embarrassing and terrifying and shameful and so many things that other than the terror shouldn't be there. (laughs) Um, But the stigma of mental health. Exactly. So I didn't know what would happen if other people found out. So I stopped talking to people and my people knew my small circle knew what was going on. They were there with me throughout it. They're still in my life. These are my people. I was able to have that group that could support me through everything and, you know, know who my, my sisters were. It's a really great feeling when you can have people go through your hardships and help support you through that shift or that change in life and maintain that unconditional love while you redesign or re-identify 
who you are as a human being and still on the other side of it are like, yep, you're still my people. You're still my sister, regardless of what goes on. Yeah. I mean, I will tell you that my circle grew throughout the years and some of the people that I had stopped seeing, I started seeing again and now they know and now we talk through things and it's grown in a more organic, authentic way. So I appreciate that. And then, you know, it just kept moving forward. The The tools for healing kept coming to me and they came to me at times, I think, when I needed them. So as I mentioned, when I was um, 32 and my husband, now husband, told me about my unhappiness, my apparent unhappiness, and that became a whole other journey. You mentioned that maybe there was some depression that was, you know, earlier on that maybe just wasn't recognized or talked about uh, because you were so good at that smiling face. Yes. When I was 21 years old, I was, it was right after my college graduation, my grandfather and I were in his kitchen. It was just the two of us. He was making lunch and he took this picture of me out of his wallet, showing me that he carried it. And it was this picture from sixth grade. So I thought that was strange. You know, then we are sitting on the couch and we're watching a show and I remember he was rubbing my ear and it just made me really uncomfortable. And I've always had a very affectionate family, but that just, it it didn't feel right. And then he starts to rub my hand and I was uncomfortable, but I didn't say anything. And then he put my finger in his mouth and I froze. And when I left and told my parents, the response was, but had he been drinking? And then we saw him for dinner that night. When I was 26, I went back to Colorado and I was at his house and he wanted me to come to his office. He had something to show me. And he had this picture of me that was actually taken by my aunt in New York just maybe a couple of months before. And it was used as his desktop background. So again, felt a little strange. And he said, oh, I miss you so much. And I said, I miss you too. I think about you all the time. I think about you too. I think about that time that you were four years old, fast asleep and waiting for me to come home from work. And I came home and it took everything. You were wearing these gray cotton panties and it took everything in me not to take them off of you. So I froze again. And my cousin ended up coming in the room and and getting me. And my oldest sister was in the other room. And she said, I don't know. I just had a feeling that you needed to be out of that space. And we went for a drive and I told her what happened. But then I wanted her to keep that secret for me. And within a couple of weeks of that visit, it's the first time I thought, would anybody care if I stopped breathing? And that was on Christmas Eve. And that shortly after that, I said, okay, or maybe the next day, two days later, whenever I was back in a space of somewhat togetherness is when I decided I needed to get into therapy. So I would say that kicked me <laughs> into depression, that last visit. But it also sounds like it might have been the start of your ability to change your record. Yes. And start that yes, healing that is- journey, even though it's it sounds like maybe it's been a long haul of a healing journey, um, very invested healing journey. You've worked 
very hard to gain your joy and happiness. And it is hard. It is hard to focus on what all we need to be happy about when we carry so much internal pain day in and day out, especially at such a young age. Yeah. And I love that perspective because it's true, you know, as, as horrific as that moment was, as traumatizing or re-traumatizing as it was, it pushed me into a space where I could take care of myself. And through that, I'm assuming is where the traveling piece with you comes in. Yeah. Yes. That great memory. So yes, I worked in hotel sales for most of my career. Then I was recruited by a consortia, which is basically a large collection of travel agencies. And so I worked for the umbrella company in there, the largest one in North America. And I worked in their hotel division. So I was negotiating with hotels so that our travel advisors could have certain perks for their clients. And it was in this space that I was given a luxury wellness program to oversee. About 17 years into my career with travel is when this came to me. And I thought I was going to just be spa and yoga. And I love spa and yoga. So that was cool. So a luxury travel? Um, luxury wellness program. Luxury mm-hmm. wellness program. Interesting. You're definitely going to have to kind of elaborate on what exactly that looks like. Sure. So that meant that I was working with wellness hotels and resorts to have them included in this program for our travel advisors. So they gain business, travel advisors um, have benefits for their clients. It's it's a win-win. And so I was introduced to all these different styles. And then there was another element of training. So teaching the travel advisor what wellness travel is. And that was great because for me, it was a huge learning curve as well. So I became really immersed in that. And it changed me. It changed me because I saw things that I had spent over a decade learning and reading and researching and trying things on my own where I could have gotten that help and support and that initial education and boost through travel. And the fact that I have been in the travel industry and didn't know it was happening and I spoke with thousands of people. I mean, thousands of people in my role and they didn't know. It was a It was like the group. best kept secret for whatever reason. Exactly. I wanted to make a change. I, you know, started to experience wellness travel for myself. I took the trips. I made the different appointments. I tried new things. I'm continuing to try new things. There's so much out there. Yes. And there are different healing modalities that I wasn't familiar with, that I've learned about, that I've experienced, some that I just have a long list of things I want to try. But if I can help people, all of us are travelers, you know, if I can help anyone, guide them in the direction of getting support for healing through travel, I think that's a win. 
you get this time, this space to take care of your own mental wellness while on vacation. I just don't think there's anything better than that. You know, I think as a therapist, I think it sounds fabulous. And I'm, I feel like I'm kind of like you several years ago, like, how come I haven't heard about this? You know, this is not office therapy. This is not, you know, your standard CBT or EMDR. This is probably a very, very impactful, um, experienced therapy per se, you know, and why don't we do more of it? I mean, I think as a society, we talk all day long about vacation this and trip that and, you know, but when I think of a vacation or taking a time off, it's like, take me to the beach and let me have a drink with an umbrella in it. And I just don't want to function while I'm there. Like, let me just disconnect from everything. But kind of what you're describing is like, let's take a mental health vacation where you absorb and you heal and you truly do some relaxation and rejuvenating and rediscover and let go of whatever it is that you carry with you. So when you literally return from your vacation, you're back on top of your A game. And then you're able to gain skills that you can bring back to your day-to-day life to help sustain that healing journey or process or however you want to, to state that. Exactly. Am I following your experience a little bit? Oh my gosh. I can't even tell you. You were singing to my soul right now. <laughs> I think I'm dreaming. Like, sign me up. Where do we do this? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. I, you know, part of that journey was for me discovering a brand called Healing Hotels of the World. Healing Hotels? Mm-hmm. Of the world. Okay. I'm going to have to keep that in the O-head here. Absolutely. Because what that is, is it's a collection of hotels that are dedicated to healing. And they are thoroughly vetted. And the owners, you know, actually train and consult hotels or resorts or wellness centers that want to be healing but need, you know, more help to get there. And they all have different personalities and different aspects of how they approach healing and phenomenal. So I know that that's a trusted brand for me. I can go and say any of these properties under them are going to be good to support me in my journey. So I love, love, love them. And again, I met them and said, I want to tell everybody about you. How please do not know? Yes, please. Yes. Please tell us. Absolutely. Again, <laughs> I am so excited. <laughs> Let me help you spread the word. That's amazing. You got into this because you were already in the traveling area mm-hmm. and or profession. And this this opportunity kind of landed in your lap. And you were like, okay, gold mine, where have you been the last 17 years? Yep. And so then you started taking these healing trips. Mm-hmm. And through that, you've discovered more growth of yourself. What are some of, if you don't mind sharing, some of the locations you've gone or some of the things that you've done, some of the practices and modalities that you've experienced through these 
um, traveling adventures. Sure, absolutely. So it's interesting when you mentioned some traditional therapies like EMDR. At one point in my healing journey, depression had come back again, uh, come back to life to dance. Mm-hmm. It and likes to do that. It does. It, does. it likes to remind us that it's still there, even yeah. though it's managed, it's still there. It's uh, it's playing around a lot this past year, but... Yes, I think with everyone across the board. Yeah. So at the time, my therapist wanted me to get into EMDR, and I wasn't sure about it. I'd heard about it, and it's not like I wasn't sure. I just, I was also trying to get medication sorted. It just all felt like a lot, because again... Yes. Everything feels like a lot with depression. Yeah. When it's hard to get out of bed and even brush your teeth, trying to figure out what therapy and medication you need to take is incredibly difficult. Exactly. So as I was planning a trip to Canyon Ranch in Lenox, which is about a two and a half hour drive from Boston, I was looking at their extensive menu and EMDR was one of the things that they offered. So I thought, you know what? Let's get into this. So I did that there. I had my first EMDR sessions there. And, you know, I was there for three days. So this wasn't going to cure, change my life, heal everything. It did take that scenario when I was 26 that I shared with my grandfather in his office. It took that and took the level of trauma associated with it, the level of pain, and reduced it. But it gave me that taste to say, okay, I know what this is. Now I can move forward with it and get make this part of my practice when I get back home. So that was one thing that I loved. There was a session called um, Heart Rhythm Biofeedback. I love this. As somebody who regularly meditates, it was actually a simple thing for me to do and understand because it has so much to do with your breath work. It was fascinating because we tested and showed, you know, what scenarios stress you out, what makes your heart rate, you know, pump faster, and what can you do using your breath to calm yourself down and lower the anxiety and keep yourself in a better space. So that connection of mindfulness, that was amazing. And it was definitely, at the time, work that was stressing me out the most. And so I was able to take that as a skill. And I thought I need my husband to sign up for this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He needs to come be a part of this happiness journey. (laughs) Since he's, he doesn't like my happiness at home. (laughs) Yeah. I've always, I've always wanted to bring people in. Like people need to know they need to be a part of it. You'd feel so much better. Yes. That was one. Um, I, have joined some of the healing at home virtual retreats this past year and virtual home healing retreats. Yeah. This sounds very interesting as well. Yes. So healing hotels has been running these virtual retreats. I think they're going to come up quarterly this year. One of the guides for meditation, she had us set an intention. So what is your intention for this time? This however many hours we were there. And what do you want to feel? How do you want to feel when you come out of this? And then what negative emotions do you need to let go of in order to feel that? And then what is one action you can take every day 
to reach that positive intention. Those are a lot of big questions. Yeah. And what I ended up doing, so that for me was really fulfilling in that space. And then I took that to my travels. Every time we go on a trip, that is what we do now. And I write it down, you know, so that way we can look back at it or remind each other and know this is where we wanted to be. And when you have that intention in life, in travel, it sets you up for success. You're motivated, you're accountable, you're working towards something bigger. I like that. I like that a lot, but it's a productive vacation that to me, I feel like as a society, we've kind of taken the term vacation to a different level of what that really should be for us. Mm-hmm. And the idea of being able to take vacation off from work really should be that r and r time that we all crave. But in our minds, when we think of vacation, it is not a healing journey vacation. It's fun. It's drinking maybe it's you know not focused on ourselves it's not deemed fun to stay focused with intention on yourself to move forward exactly you know some of the other things that i've really appreciated in spaces that i've been um, whether it was like austin spawn resort in texas Mm -hmm. um the retreat Costa Rica um, in Athenas, uh, Euphoria retreat in Mistras in Greece is slowing down, right? It is putting your phone away. Please. Right? I love that. Check. <laughs> Top uh, of the list, please. We don't need it. Putting it away, leaving it in your room, putting on do not disturb, whatever that is, and being present. And slowing down so that you can be a part of your day, so that every minute really counts. The idea of mindful movement, I really appreciate. I love that at so many of these places, there are different ways to move your body. Now, I I don't like to use the H word, but I will. I hate exercise. It is not something <laughs> that comes naturally. Yeah. Me either. Me either, girl. I got you. I got you right there with you. Like, I can walk to my mailbox. Does that count for exercise today? <laughs> Do you, don't put me in a boot camp. Stop talking about your Peloton. I Yes. Um, it, it's just not for me. When I found yoga, it really fit because it had nothing to do with competition. It had everything to do with me and my practice and how I can be within myself and focus my own thoughts and energy and strength. So yoga for me is, that's my jam. Is your spot. Yes. In so many of these other places though, there's different things. Like I've taken a chakra dancing class at Euphoria Retreat. Nice. So fun. So energetic. Great way to move your body and balance your energy. There's a cardio drumming class at Canyon Ranch. So cool. Uh, you just get to like. Exactly. Wow. Just playing the drums, huh? Yeah. And getting after it. Uh, they do daily hikes 
at the retreat and they're on 60 acres of land. So you're going through their land and it's, it's strenuous and great and educational because you've got a guide telling you different things and you end up by a waterfall and it's all, it's just very beautiful. And I never say I'm a hiker. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But you were when you were there. Yes. When I am in the space to do it, I am down. I'm ready, right? I'm not going to look for a hill here or whatever you have to hike through. But when I'm on holiday, when I'm in a wellness space, when there is that chance to explore, I want to do that. I am there. I put my sneakers on. We are ready to go. And I was surprised each time just how much I really loved that continuous movement, how good I felt. And then flash forward, fast forward, you know, between one wellness vacation and then another that had some elements, but not all of them. And I could feel the difference in my mindset, in my body, in my spirit, that it wasn't feeding me in the same way. I didn't feel as awesome as I do when I travel for wellness. That's crazy. Yeah. But I believe it. Yeah. I do believe it. When we take a vacation just to have a vacation, it's just a vacation. Mm -hmm. You have started your own business? Yes, I have speak, share, (laughs) share your knowledge, tell us what you're doing so that we may all come knocking on your door. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. So I saw the missing piece when I was given this program and I spent a lot of time talking and learning and researching and I noticed the disconnect. Obviously I mentioned advisors didn't have the knowledge, other suppliers didn't have the knowledge, people didn't realize what was out there. So I was asking myself, why is this happening? And, you know, the reality of life kicked in. Deep pockets make the most noise. Very true statement. And these visionaries behind these spaces, they need a voice. And they put a lot of money into their operation, which is exactly where it should be, because that creates the experience. But what was happening with sales? And while I didn't want to sell for anybody, (laughs) um, I did want to make their voices known. I did want to make a connection and make a connection between the traveler and the spaces that are there for them. And even the advisor community who dedicate their lives to planning travel for other people. So I built Inspire Journey Consulting and I work as a sales strategist and social media amplifier for healing and wellness travel businesses, as well as transformational travel. So in this space, I help these visionaries, advisors, retreat leaders, spa owners, and teach them how to create the right sales strategy and plan of attack that fits within their bandwidth. So it's not going to stress them out. It is not going to be so much that they need to hire 15 people. It is going to meet them where they are. And as they grow, we can grow. And one of the things that I really wanted to do and I'm grateful to be doing is set people up for success in a short amount of time. Like, I want you to see progress. I want to see progress. Like, let's do this. I think as Americans, that's where we're at. We need as immediate gratification as we can possibly get Mm -hmm. to be able to get to that next level in our journey, lifestyle 
I mean, whether that's from, you know, healing or appearance or eating habits or weight loss, you know, whatever that may be, we are definitely in a society where the quicker, the better, which is not always absolutely the best route. For me, it's teach a person to fish, right? Mm -hmm. Let's teach you so you can go with it. So you're not dependent on it. Yes. And you can create your own key selling points. You can see things differently. And if you get stuck, come back and we'll do some more stuff. But oftentimes we sit so close to our own business that we forget all of the gems that are there. And then social media has been 90% of where I get my business. And I did not anticipate that. And it's such an incredible space. So when it comes to amplifying, I want to share the message, like I said. So this is a really powerful way. I am on five social media platforms actively. I have a podcast. I have two more that I'm learning. And I'm speaking often. And that's something. And today with me. Exactly, which I'm so grateful for the space. So yeah, I that is how I help on the business side. Now on the traveler side, I have a social media initiative called Travel Can Heal. Okay. And this is that one stop, right? That space where you can learn about how travel's there to support you. Learn about these properties that we talked about and so much more. Learn about advisors that are there that have the knowledge for you. And also potentially see other people along their journey so that you know you're not alone. I think that is incredibly important. And I I do believe that when we can share our, our journey with someone else, whether they're participating in that journey or just they're supporting our journey, it's, it makes a huge impact on how our healing is successful. Exactly. So like hypothetically, I could call you up and say, Hey, I need to let loose. I need to get out of this rut I'm in. I've got this going on. These are my likes and dislikes. And you would be like, Melinda, I've got this spot right here that would be great for you. Is that kind of how it works or kind of tell me how, how it would, what the process would be for someone to kind of be able to access these, these healing locations for you or from you. Sorry. So I believe in trusting the travel experts and While I have a lot of knowledge, I know that there are people that dedicate their life to this. And so I highly recommend working with a travel advisor. So typically when somebody calls me, I want to learn what they need, how they travel, if they've worked with an advisor, and if they're comfortable working with one. And I tend to refer to an advisor that I trust. Uh, However, yes, I'm happy to give recommendations and talk through things and give some insight. So I do make sure that we're having those conversations so I can get an understanding of who you are. And it's also a a personality match. Not everyone is going to get along. So whoever you work with to support your, your travel journey needs to fit you. I would agree with that a hundred percent for sure. Absolutely. Um, Well, let's take some time for you to kind of share your website. You said you're on five social medias. Exactly. Absolutely. I I would love 
to have um, your listeners come and take a listen to Through Inspired Eyes, my podcast. That is one space to find me. While I am on five different channels, I am most often on Instagram. And I'm on Instagram at Inspired Journey Consulting. And then through there, through that link, you can find all sorts of ways to connect as well. Well, I have been listening to your podcast and I, you know, again, it has just been incredible to listen to the people that you've taken time to interview and just how they connect and the different ways of travel and how it's healing. And it's incredible to see your happiness and and joy and just sharing that with others or your desire to share that with others so that they don't have to wait 17 years exactly to get to where you are. Exactly. You know, thank you. That's so beautiful. And I really appreciate those words. It means a lot. Well, I very much appreciate you taking the time to be here today. Maybe in the future, we'll have you back on Change Your Record. I would be honored. Thanks again. Hey, so thanks for hanging with us. If interested in the show notes or any and all links mentioned in today's episode, visit changeyourrecord.com. And quick favor, make sure you subscribe or follow the podcast so you can always grab an episode of Change Your Record as it becomes available. If you feel like my style is your style, I'd love for you to leave a review in Apple Podcasts. This is one major way you can help me become visible to more listeners who also have a desire to change their record. It just takes a few seconds, and I would really appreciate it. You can also listen to Change Your Record on Spotify or whatever your desired listening platform is. And remember, you must change your thinking to change your living to change your record. Thanks again for spending time with me, Melinda Schuster, and Change Your Record.